but there is a fine line between addiction and the and the responsible use. And I'm uh, and what I'm asking are those questions first. When you do those things, is this an escape for you, or or you're just doing it to feel good? You know, have good time. And if it's an escape, yes, maybe there is an abuse because you're escaping from your reality, and this drug is giving you this uh, uh, kind of false uh, few hours of the escape. Welcome to another episode of the Mindfulness Experience podcast. Today, we're honored to host an extraordinary guest, Mr. Sergey Verdanyan, the founder of Ethno Bliss Healthcare Foundation. I had the privilege of meeting Sergey at the Psychedelic Science 2023 convention in Denver, Colorado, where his passion for entheogenic research and its potential benefits deeply resonated with me. Entheobliss envisions a world where entheogens are safely and legally available for beneficial uses governed by a rigorous scientific evaluation of their risks and their benefits. They've established themselves as a beacon of hope, especially for those suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, affecting hundreds of millions of people worldwide. They specifically have a foundation and they work in a particular significant area uh, and have done so in 2020 in the Armenian-Azerbaijani war, which left an estimated 20,000 to 25,000 veterans and civilians struggling with PTSD. Entheobliss aims to bring relief and recovery to these individuals and many more worldwide through cutting edge entheogenic assisted healing modalities. We look forward to hearing Sergey's enlightening responses and delving deeper into the transformative potential of entheogens. So sit back, relax, and join us on this exciting journey of discovery. Please welcome Mr. Sergey Verdanyan. Hey, hey, hey. All right, all right, all right. Sergey, did I get it all right? Are we good? We are good, sir. Thank you. Happy to be here and thank you for inviting me. It's it's an honor and a privilege. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you for staying up so late. I know it's like close to midnight where you are. Where where are you at right now? I'm in Yerevan, Armenia now. It's yeah, it's almost midnight now, but I'm happy, happy to share this hour with you. Well, great, great. Well, I I deeply appreciate you sharing your midnight with us. And I have some questions for you that we've uh, sort of wanted to put together to lift up your organization and the good work that you're doing. I remember we were sitting in the coffee bar and we're having some conversation and you jumped in and, you know, I was really uh, inspired by some of your story, which is why we're here. Can you begin by telling our listeners about your journey towards founding Entheobliss? Yeah, thank you for that question. As a matter of fact, my story is very personal. I have a a close family member who was struggling with the complex PTSD for many years. Mm -hmm. And uh, we tried all kinds of traditional modalities with talk therapy all kinds of therapies 
Um, we tried all the psychiatric medications, SSRIs, SNRIs, I mean, you name it. But nothing would really give a relief. And uh, one day I wrote, I came across this article about the veterans uh, going to mm -hmm. uh, Latin America, taking some, what, what then I didn't know what this was, like ayahuasca, like I, I first time I heard about mm -hmm. ayahuasca, I didn't even know what it was. And we're coming back really uh, getting a lot of relief, a lot of healing. And this was, uh, this was very intriguing to say the least. And having all the resources exhausted, we decided to give it a shot. But as you know, uh, those modalities are not legally available. Mm -hmm. Sourcing is an issue, therapy is an issue. And so I said, hey, what I'm going to do, I'm going to dive deep into this rabbit hole and mm -hmm. learn to become a seater, a guide, a therapist mm -hmm. for my family mm -hmm. member. And this was the beginning of me kind of trying to understand this whole world and reading 100 plus books mm. and uh, 10,000 plus uh, audio material. I mean, you name all the, I literally devoured all the content that was out there that was around those medicines. And of course, uh, doing my own post personal work and uh, my own psychedelic journeys mm -hmm. and uh started really working with my with my family member with the help of antigens and the relief and the healing that we saw was tremendous hmm. and then in 2020 when the war started and uh, as a result of the war we had a real a catastrophe in terms of you know tens of thousands of, uh, young soldiers, their family members struggling with various mental health disorders, PTSD, depression, anxiety, you name it. Mm -hmm. And seeing how these modalities were beneficial for my family, mm -hmm. I decided that I have to do something. I, I, I used to live in US back then. So uh, with my family, we established this uh, foundation. Mm -hmm. And we moved back to Armenia, that's where I was originally from, to make those modalities legally mm -hmm. available. Mm -hmm. And that is our goal, so that uh, those uh, healing modalities, you know, with the MDMA, with the psilocybin, with LSD, mm -hmm. you name it, mm -hmm. are available for people for their healing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, so that's a, that's a real story. And uh, I'm a vet and I certainly do appreciate, I'm a part of the, uh, as a healthcare ambassador with the Heroic Hearts Project. And I do know what you're saying. I mean, uh, that's one of my discussions with, uh, 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 with General um, Stephen Zanakis, uh, who's now heading up the American Psychedelic Practitioners Association, which is when are we going to go ahead and get the support and the help for vets here in the U.S. And you're pretty much doing that sort of similar kind of work over in Armenia. Now, um, well, what is the status of, um, you know, uh, ketamine or MDMA or any of the other psychedelics that are over there uh, at or in existence at this particular time? Where, where is it at in Armenia? At this moment, by the way, Heroic Hearts is a wonderful organization and I've been closely following your work and really mm -hmm. cheering for you guys. And uh, 
Thank you. The work that you're doing is really amazing, and I and I hope that eventually you don't need you know to send our vets to overseas to get those treatments. Seriously, I hope that right? those yeah. treatments will be legally available mm -hmm. and for much uh, mm -hmm. reasonable resources in in us in mm -hmm. our country this is, yeah, this is ridiculous that the, the, the steps that we all have to go but answering your question at this moment uh we have uh only ketamine legally mm -hmm. available but it's available as an anesthetic so we are now uh, all the other antigens uh, mdma dmt uh, lsd you name it they all are scheduled one controlled substances they mm -hmm. are illegal and uh, and the ketamine is available as an dissociated anesthetic mm -hmm. so uh, no one ever used it as a, in conjunction with the therapy so now we are kind of talking with the regulator trying to mm. um, inform them in a way edu to educate them that we can use ketamine for the psychiatric purposes and we are hoping to start taking first uh, patients there are in uh, probably uh, in September. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. That's that's with, wonderful. With the, with the ketamine. Good. So you know, this is uh, the name of the podcast is the mindfulness experience, and of course, I get a lot of people, you know, wondering. Okay, tell me, you know, why are we talking about psychedelics? Why are we talking about entheogens? You know, and I try to explain to them uh, that, you know, there is a mental health component. And one of the things that I was aware of when we met was, you know, you were very clear about, you know, the use and the capability. Can you explain what entheogens are and how they are or how, how they can be beneficial in treating mental health disorders? Yes. Well, what antigens normally will be a, a psychedelic substance there. Mm -hmm. And in general, there are divisions probably, I want to say like classical ones will be the magic mushroom, what, what they call, which is a psilocybin mm -hmm. uh, mushroom. There is a LSD, mm -hmm. a lysergic acid, and, uh, and uh, probably I want to say mescaline, also mm -hmm. one of the classical ones, which mm -hmm. comes from the cacti, whether it's a peyote or a San Pedro cactus. Uh, those will be the classical ones. And also there is a DMT, which is very powerful substance. And uh, if, if someone heard of an ayahuasca, that's the active uh, uh, molecule component of the ayahuasca, the DMT, which is, uh, which is uh, ayahuasca is the brew. Uh, which is a combination of the uh, harmaline-containing uh, herbs and the herbs that contain DMT. And this mixture and the brewing makes it psychoactive uh, for ingesting it orally. Otherwise, people crystallize it and smoke it. And also there is a very powerful psychedelic which is called 5-MeO-DMT, which comes from the Tenora Desert Toad. They say it's the most powerful psychedelic um which is a very short acting probably from anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes uh, journey but very very powerful some call it a god molecule uh people having very powerful experiences but these are the these are the uh 
there are obviously hundreds of other psychoactive substances, but those are the most famous ones that people are working with. And and a lot of people think of them as a, as a party drug, you know, as a something that uh, uh, many use recreationally, connect connected with the hippie movement, and and this and that. But there is the but it is it is proven clinically that those antiogens are really helpful with the various psychiatric disorders, and because of this. We have uh, maybe, I want to say, 100 companies at this moment that are in the process of going through the FDA approval, getting those medicines uh, prepared to become legally available as a medicines, and most of them working uh, better if they are combined with the psychotherapy. So this is, these are like what antigens are in a nutshell and how they can be beneficial for the, for the treating right, various right, right. disorders. And, you know, I think a lot of people get confused when they start talking about drugs, you know, they start looking at drugs and there are, in my experience, certainly some drugs that are good for you, that are good for your mental neurogenesis for the brain and the interconnection of the brain and the ability to go ahead and shut off the default mode network to allow you to reboot, reset, reframe. And then there are some drugs that really aren't good for you that are really very, very addictive. Um, and I'm wondering your view on that. What your view of is in terms of using these entheogens to help individuals with PTSD. And, you know, why do you think that, you know, there are certain drugs, certain entheogens or psychedelics that work very well. And then there's, of course, others that don't necessarily work as well. Can you do you have a perspective around that? Yeah, I do. I do. I do think that uh, all the that, that uh, it's like it's like you know a knife in the hand of a in the hand of a killer or in the hand of a surgeon. So I don't think there is any any substance that is really inherently bad or or terrible for a person. It's the way how we treat these. Uh, medicines or these drugs we'll call it whatever you want and how we abuse them or we use them so if uh, and and this comes to the to the question that we need a lot of education you know for there is uh, not not many people know difference between between even use and abuse you know i, I have friends who like uh, who like uh, casually using various uh drugs and uh the, the other day i met them they say well uh we are addicts and i'm saying no let's let's let this is this is the there is a fine line between addiction and the and the responsible use and i'm uh, and what i'm asking are those questions first when you do those things is this an escape for you or or you're just doing it to feel good you know have good time and if it's an escape yes maybe there's an abuse because you're escaping from your reality and this drug is giving you this uh, uh, kind of false uh, few hours of the escape this is the first thing second are you productive member or your community are you able tomorrow after doing this drug to go do your job to to provide food to put food on the table mm -hmm. are you supporting your family are you available emotionally for your family Mm -hmm. or not and if 
all those feelings answered yes yes i'm available i pay on my taxes i do my community i'm good for my community mm -hmm. all those things are beneficial and i can you know do those drugs mm -hmm. relax and this makes me really a better person mm -hmm. I, why not this isn't this isn't uh, uh, abuse at all mm -hmm. but but this fine line i think not not many people really know the right 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 and my and you know i'm a, a credentialed alcohol and substance abuse counselor i've done that training i'm involved as a, a certified addiction recovery coach i'm a you know i've been involved as a with a ipi maps uh, as a, a certified uh um you know a psychedelic assisted therapy provider and you know i think you're totally right and spot on the the problem that we see is that everyone has clumped drugs together right versus those that really help create a sense of agency and self-efficacy and a sense of empowerment and being empowered in your power versus those that are really debilitating and really take us away from you know our responsibilities from being a productive member of society from being you know as you well put it you know a father a husband a friend whatever it is so that we can really look at life and i think what uh, is fascinating to me is your work uh, with the armenian azerbaijani war how has the 2020 armenian azerbaijani war influenced the mission of entheo bliss particularly in addressing the issues around PTSD. Well, that's a, that's a main, that's, that was really the main reason for creation of the Antioblis to help those vets to get mm -hmm. relief, which were uh, not able that the, the relief that they were, they were not able to receive with the traditional medications. We know there's a statistic that says like two thirds of the patients are mm -hmm. not responding to the traditional first line medical care, mm -hmm. which is a SSRIs, SNRIs, these are the psychotropic medications. Two thirds, that's a, two thirds, let's underline two -third. that. Wow. Yes, two thirds. The, and, and it's like a vicious cycle. You know, there are like hundreds of these medications. Mm -hmm. So what if you if if you're not responding, you go to your you go to your doctor and I say, well, let's wait two three months. We have to see, maybe you know it's a body thing. You need to learn. Maybe mm -hmm. the body needs to adjust. Mm -hmm. And then after two three months, they say, well, let's change. Maybe this is just this one particular brand is not working. Will mm -hmm. you? Well, not so it becomes a vicious cycle, and it comes also with a lot of uh, side effects uh constipation you name it all kinds of all kinds of side effects right um so uh, a lot of these folks not really getting uh, nowhere with those medications psychiatric medications and the talk therapy and the traditional therapy forms are not helping either you know person who has a deep trauma a war trauma you know he's he lost his friends he has a survival's guilt um he has a, he, and the world is very this dangerous place mm -hmm. you you can you can't you can help that with the talk therapy mm -hmm. you know trying to analyze like that's that's not the modality that's going to help so we have thousands of folks who are trying to self-medicate mm -hmm. with the alcohol because that's the available that's number one, the number one in, in the u.s there's 140,000 deaths from alcohol every year 
Imagine hundred and four. That's crazy. Never, so we, never, never, never mind all the other casualties, families, you know, car wrecks, so on and so forth. I mean, it's yes. just it's the number one issue that we have certainly in the U.S., but it's also global. So it's, it is global. It is global, and and you can't blame this person because mm -hmm. right. he needs a relief and. And really, the alcohol, the addiction, in a way, like I'm a huge fan of a Gabor Mate. And his work. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he says there, there's a trauma. These people, you can't, you know, mm -hmm. catch someone for being an addict and put him in jail. No, this person is trying to self-medicate mm -hmm. with the addiction, with right. the escape. We just need to help these people. So because, because of this really terrible situation, mm -hmm. Uh, our goal is to to bring those medicines and make them legally available. And we're closely working with multidisciplinary association of psychedelic studies, MAPS, mm -hmm. which was the organizer of this wonderful conference that uh, you and I met together. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was great. So I just want to go back to that number you gave about uh, two thirds of the SSRIs, because a lot of people listening, you know, may wonder, well, what are SSRIs? So. You know, we're talking about Celexia, we're talking about Lexapro, we're talking about Prozac, we're talking about Paxil, we're talking about yes. Zoloft. I mean, these are, you know, these are really well popular SSRIs that are marketed on TV while somebody is running through the field with their child and talking about all the terrible, you know, side effects, which include incredible depression, even suicidal ideation. You know, absolutely. I mean, you know, absolutely. So, so you're really, you know, looking at and and we're looking at from an industry viewpoint. How do we get into our right mind, and how do we take agency, and how do we get this self-efficacy, the sense of, you know, who I am and why I'm here, and you know what life is all about. Now, you had mentioned maps. Can you share some of the insights from the ongoing U.S. FDA-approved Phase Three clinical trial? involving MDMA-assisted therapy sessions for severe PTSD? I know you've been involved with it. Are you are you free to share any of that? Yes, it's a, it's a public information. The, uh, they submit the MEPS, finalize the trial, mm -hmm. and submit it for the approval to the FDA. Of course, it's up to the FDA to approve it, whether to approve it or not. But the results, are, uh, results at this moment are astonished. We have like 68% of the uh, patients no longer meet the requirement for the PTSD. And we are talking like people in average, maybe 15, 20 years mm -hmm. struggling with the PTSD, all kinds from all kinds of trauma. You know, we have uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the trial maps had uh, people who uh who were uh war vets people you know who mm -hmm. were sexual uh mm -hmm. sexual abuse childhood abuse all kinds all, all kinds of trauma and 68 percent really no longer met the criteria but what is more astonishing 80 percent said they got the uh, significant relief so because this is a clinical trial it's mm -hmm. a it's designed in a way you have to administer three times MDMA and then 12 therapy sessions mm -hmm. uh, divided uh, over the course of three months. Mm -hmm. So maybe for somebody who got really relieved but still has a PTSD, the fourth one would really 
help mm-hmm. them, but because it's a clinical trial, it's a protocol that is approved by the uh, Food and Drug Administration, you can adjust it. So hopefully when this is legally available, for someone, maybe one session will be enough, for someone, maybe three, four sessions. Enough. Mm-hmm. What is really astonishing and uh, be- very interesting for me to bring mm-hmm. bringing MDMA therapy to the uh, Armenian people is that they don't need to take those drugs all their life. Mm. It's like we're talking few sessions, mm-hmm. you know, in opposed to like un- unlike those. SSRIs, which somebody's uh, taking them, they have to continue taking them, but uh, until the end of their life. Mm-hmm. And if they cut, they cut, they go suicidality and the depression. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a, the the terrible. Crazy, you yeah. can you even even for someone during the trials uh, the, they had to taper off of their medicines it's like whole process you can't just you know call turkey those ssris because it can be severe damage um so so uh, hope hope this is this is the protocol that that the map is working and the results are really astonishing and there are concerns people say why they are addictive substances and mm-hmm. uh I can I, I had this public information that none of the I think 500 plus participants became addicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were no severe adverse events so mm-hmm. you know heart failure this kind of mm-hmm. things or the physical things. Uh, really the there were a few suicidal ideations and but most of them they were in the placebo group. Mm-hmm. Imagine someone like going there with the hope that mm. this is this medicine going to help them and they are in this uh, placebo group mm. which is uh, non-active uh, right. component that's that's how the FDA protocol is designed and wow. these people got really bad and had to uh, yeah, even, even more depressed the hospital even more even depressed, more depressed. Yeah. yeah yeah so you know i'm i'm wondering when we start taking a look at, you know, FDA approval, because it's the hope and the expectation is that certainly by next year, by 2024, we'd be looking at the potential FDA approval of MDMA assisted therapy. And I'm wondering from the viewpoint of mental health and, you know, the work that you're doing, uh, you know, around the Armenian Azerbaijani war and how you're looking to go ahead and bring these uh, you know, these therapeutic modalities into Armenia. What does that mean for you? And what does that mean for Entheobliss? Well, if the, if I don't want to say when it gets registered, hopefully, right. you know, God willing, when it gets re- re- FDA approved, mm-hmm. then we can apply for the Armenian regulator saying that this is already went through the rigorous uh, mm-hmm research and is approved by the Food and Drug Administration. This Mm -hmm. is an organization that is well respected around the world. Mm -hmm. So, and based on that, we will apply for registering MDMA as a medicine in Armenia. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what, uh, that's, that is our route that we're looking at. So we're waiting for the Mm -hmm. MDMA approval in the US and simultaneously we are uh planning on working with ketamine training the therapist uh, building capacities so hopefully by the 2024 when it's legal we have the we will have the capacity we'll have the therapists and we will uh roll over mm-hmm. wonderful so 
I'm wondering, uh, you know, one of the things that I was struck by is, you know, we shared one of my cases uh, working with a gentleman who was using SSRIs and, you know, decided that he really wanted to go ahead and have a, an experience and really deal with his you know, treatment resistant depression. And uh, he was, uh, you know, he used MDMA, looked at using psilocybin, no results. And then of course went to ketamine and we had the conversation about that, that, you know, it works on different receptors, right? And I'm wondering from your view, when you start taking a look at um, Entheobliss, what are your, what's your vision um, for the future is it a broader acceptance is it you know opening up and working primarily with ketamine you know what is the what does it look like in our media versus you know i know in australia they've just legalized all of entheogens for the most part looking at you know psychedelic assisted therapy there i know ben sessa is on his way over there to go ahead uh, we had him on the podcast he's on his way over there to go ahead and do the training for therapists you know and i see this sort of trickling sprinkling out globally so i'm just you know what kind of what's your view and you know where do you think this is all going do you think that there's a chance that we can wake up the consciousness and you know, help people heal and, you know, create a, a better world where, you know, it's more mindful and more, you know, focused on how do we help each other and the planet? I'm, I'm, I'm feeding you that line, by the way. <laughs> uh, well, well, you're feeding me that line, but I couldn't agree more mm -hmm. because uh, uh, as a, for, let, let me tell you this, psychedelics brought me to the mindfulness and meditation mm -hmm. because it's, it's one thing you're not doing this, uh, journey mm -hmm. which is which is a powerful insight but the other thing is the integration that's why we call it psychedelic assisted therapy it's not just taking the medicine the therapy is super important mm -hmm. and the integration is super important so yes you learned you saw those visions you got those insights so what what's the next step how you're going to bring this to your life to your day how how you're going to improve your life for the betterment of your health, of your community, of your family. And, and that's where the therapy comes and that's where the mindfulness comes and the meditation comes mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it's a, it's a daily, daily work. So some people say, well, uh, I'm a meditator. I don't need psychedelics. And I'm saying, no, these, these two things go together. It's not either or. It, they they work perfectly together even more so so my hope is if it's uh, when it's uh, approved and and it's already moving australia just legalized it we have two states in the us mm -hmm. uh which are legal colorado and oregon uh, there are many cities where the psychedelics are legal. I think things are moving. And the, even FDA recently put together those statements saying uh, those are the guidelines for the clinical trials. The National Institute of Drug Abuse put together the statement uh, saying mm -hmm. that, yes, those, those are medicines that potentially can be very beneficial and well to look into those things. So things, the things are really moving. Mm -hmm. you know, some people say, well, what would big pharma say? Are they going to be against it? And my thinking is that no, big pharma just, they, the, the train already went away. They can do nothing. Perhaps they will just start acquiring those psychedelic companies and just, mm -hmm. you know, producing and benefiting 
financially from mm-hmm. that. But the train has already left. Yeah, what I was uh, so fascinated with, uh, and I, co- I, I totally agree. Uh, I wrote a an article for um, a microdose buzz around mindfulness and psychedelics and really looking at the power of breath and the power of integration, because to your point, you know, there is the preparation, the uh, the actual dosing and the, you know, the uh, set setting and uh, then the integration, but there's also the activation, right? There's the activation of what it is that you learn. Many people uh, really think that the medicine is the cure, you know, for whatever ails them without recognizing that the medicine is really, we are the medicine. You know, and what it's doing is it's helping us to see internally what the issues are and helping us to give us the insight so that we can have the foresight to go ahead and activate the changes that need to be activated in our lives. And, you know, I I, I was I was really amazed that, you know, we had Rick Perry there. You know, we 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 had Andrew Weil there. I mean, you know, he's sort of like the godfather of integrative medicine, you know, and yeah. we, we just had so many people there that was, you know, it was really, it was stunning for you, um, you know, and this kind of a wrap up question. What was the, what was the thing that stood out for you most, you know, about this convention that we were at in Denver? And what did you take away with you as you went back and you started you know, to look at what happened and how you could potentially apply it or activate it in your life, integrate it and activate it in your life, in your in your work at, you know, Entheo Bless and the foundation that you founded. Thank you. That's a great question. Well, first of all, it was a moment of this, ah, this, wow, this is happening. Because, you know, before, for many years, this was kind of an underground movement. And this was, in, in a way, in shadow psychedelics. Because they are illegal. A lot of people are afraid of even talking about their personal experiences, being afraid of being prosecuted, you know. So seeing like 12 plus thousand people, mm-hmm. they lots of uh, lots of psychotherapists, they were thousands of people who who practice traditional medicines and and don't see much benefit and trying to you know to to see maybe the psychedelic medicines may mm. be able so this was really for me uh, uh heart you know heartwarming to see mm. so many people gather together and i said okay this is the beginning you know mm. whatever whatever was before were small things but this was a kickoff of this wonderful start for the for the humanity for the waking up and for moving forward that was amazing and uh, particularly i was got i got intrigued by the ibogaine mm. uh, molecule which is if uh, if not many know it's an it's an african trap Mm-hmm. Iboga and the ibogaine is a very powerful psychedelic. Some so the journey may take up to twenty-four, even thirty-six hours. It's, it's right. really wrong. Very powerful. And one of the things that many people don't aren't aware of because it didn't really get the headline story is that the state of Kentucky, which is really known as sort of a really conservative, 
you know, stay just funded a $42 million research project that's led up by another fellow that we had on the podcast and is a friend, uh, Dr. Andrew Tatarski, who does a lot of work yes. around harm reduction. And he's heading up that study to use Ibogaine as a way to treat opioid addiction. And it's a, an, an amazing, amazing, uh, you know, uh, capability. It is amazing. And what is interesting, for example, it's not it's not scheduled in many countries, including uh, Armenia. Mm -hmm. So we are potentially looking into using uh, Ibogaine for the treatment of the all kinds of addictions, mm -hmm. you name it, not just opioid addiction, but we're talking alcoholism, with it's it's really working uh, super well with all kinds of uh, addictions. Mm -hmm. So that's very exciting, the opportunity to go ahead and open up and to look at a new frontier where, you know, we're really embracing mental health and community and the ability to go ahead and have agency and connection with our, not only with ourselves, but with each other and the planet, we hope, right? Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> that would be, that would be amazing, yes. Yeah, so... So I'm uh, I'm I'm we're we're wrapping up here. I know that you're doing. You have a foundation. You're very much involved uh, in Armenia. How do people get involved and find out more about your foundation? Are there opportunities for them to go online to volunteer to get involved with you and or the foundation in general? Yes, thank you for that question. Well, nteobliss.com is the website and uh, and uh, they can uh, contribute financially there's a place where they can donate it's a non-profit foundation all the everything they donate is going mm -hmm. for the either for the uh, training of the therapist or for the all kinds of expenses mm -hmm. that the, that the foundation is doing um, that's one way they can get involved they also can uh, reach out if they are therapists and want mm -hmm. to work in the area see the thing is that a lot of money a lot of attention is going on the west hmm. and the places where there is a lot of trauma like ukraine armenia you know those places mm -hmm. not really getting much of an attention but we live in this planet earth well the trauma is collected hmm. so we in order if we want to heal we have to heal all the trauma hmm. and especially where it's really where it's really hurting too much and places like where there's war where there's lots and lots of this type of issue yeah. so if somebody wants to get involved and support us that will be uh, uh amazing well uh sergey verdanian thank you so much for your work and for your effort i really am so glad that we met and have the opportunity to talk on the mindfulness experience podcast and uh if people want to get a hold of sergey uh, and find out more about Entheobliss. They can go to entheobliss.com and uh, find out how to get involved in what the organization's doing and certainly donate. And uh, really, uh, thank you so much for being a part of uh, the experience in general. Thank you, sir. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We have other exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks, so stay tuned. For more mindfulness tips and tricks, visit our website at workmindfulness.com. Thanks again for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience. This is Keith Fiveson.